So I'm delighted to welcome Detective Superintendent Phil Capaldi from Police Scotland onto our Scotland Against Modern Slavery podcast. Uh, Phil has um, been working with myself uh, and understanding some of the policing aspects of human trafficking and modern slavery in Scotland. He's at the forefront, really is at the forefront of the problem that we have in Scotland. Uh, and I'm delighted to have you. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much, Chance. Absolute pleasure to be here. Well, you're you're a you're a, a career policeman. Twenty seven years on the force uh, in Scotland, which is uh, which is a good innings. So you'll have seen it and done it all. I don't think many things will shock you, Phil. But I think you know to become a policeman uh, nowadays, it takes something inside you to drive you. What is it that makes you or made you want to become a policeman? Tell me a bit more about that. I think it's probably the same as it has been from the day I joined, Sean. I think 27 years down the line, it's about that commitment to public service. It's yeah. about making a difference and trying to make it better for people. It's about ensuring that where there is no justice, we bring justice to a situation and we bring offenders to justice. So that that hasn't ever really been lost on me. And... I think the day it is lost on me, then I should maybe stop what I'm doing. Wow. That's passion. That really is passion. Somebody that does their job passionately. When the passion goes, Phil, I suppose, the job stops. Well, yeah. I've always said, Sean, it's not really a job. It's more of a vocation um, because you can't treat it like any other jobs. I think some of the things that myself and, and my colleagues experience, particularly over the years, you know, it's, it's enough chaos and mayhem to last a lifetime. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, you know, not only myself, but my colleagues, uh, I work with extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Hats off to you, first of all, Police Scotland. Uh, Thank you very great, much. Great job that you're doing. Which leads me to the next question, really, is what is your job with regards to human trafficking, modern slavery? Tell me about what you do. Okay, I'm the person responsible for the human trafficking unit for Police Scotland. So I have what we term strategic oversight of all aspects of human trafficking. That includes all the investigations that are ongoing, um, the Police Scotland policy and strategy in, re uh, in respect of, of human trafficking. And I've got control of uh, our operational team that deals uh, exclusively with human trafficking investigations. Oh. So it's a big, big remit there for the whole of Scotland. Yeah, it does. It covers it. It covers the, the entirety of the country from the border all the way up to the to the to the Shetland Islands uh, and everything else in between. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big remit. It's a, it's a bit of a responsibility, but again, I think myself and my team take those responsibilities pretty seriously. And a serious job, and I think you know we're talking about human trafficking, modern slavery here, and, uh, and and the aim of Scotland against modern slavery is about raising awareness in the business community in Scotland and how they how they operate and what they can do to support and help the situation. Because we are we are at um, record numbers in Scotland: the uh, 512 victims in 2019, 125 percent increase on the year before. Uh, very scary stats, and the majority of those victims are in what we call that, that classed as uh, victims of labour exploitation. There's many terminologies in this field that um, maybe might confuse people. And uh, could you give me a little bit of insight into the different terminologies and what they actually mean from a policing perspective? 
Sure. I th- I'll start with labor exploitation because that's the one you've just talked about. I mean, ultimately, people moved or transported from one area to the other for the purposes of being exploited through labor. So that might very well be, you know, poor wages, poor working conditions, um, not adhering to the, the general standards that we would expect to see for people employed in that particular sector. So that's it's relatively self-explanatory. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have other types of exploitation, principally um, what, what we see in Scotland is sexual exploitation, human trafficking for the purposes of sexual exploitation, whereby um, women, most often women, and I use women uh, unequivocally because that's what we're seeing, uh, are brought to Scotland from either somewhere else in the UK or from a, another country. Um, for the purposes of sexual exploitation. So they're they're brought here potentially under false pretenses, um, potentially under the the guise of a better life and better opportunities, and thereafter, in effect, put to work um, in prostitution. Right, okay. So sad, sad but true, and I suppose for the people listening or watching, uh, real life... um, explanation from somebody who's at the front line of what's going on out here in our country. Something that's, um, I suppose it's, the more I've got involved in this movement and uh, working alongside the Scottish Government and, and many of the NGOs that I've got a lot of insight into it, but one of the things that uh, still shocks me is that when I'm speaking to, to individuals um, in, in organisations, they just don't believe it exists where they live. Um, they think it's initially actually a few years ago. Oh, it's in Birmingham, maybe London doesn't happen up here. Um, and actually now it's probably oh, it's just the big cities. It's in Glasgow and Edinburgh, or it's just uh, it's just um, focusing on maybe the Romanian community or the Polish community, something like that. And I've said, well, no, it's not true. It's not just Glasgow and Edinburgh. And would you would you agree with that? Or what's your thoughts on the geography of what happens? I, I, yeah, I, I wish I could say that that they were wrong. It doesn't happen here. It most certainly does. Uh, and that's the sad reality. It happens in every community, in every council area, uh, right across Scotland. And we have evidence to, to show that, whether it's labour exploitation or sexual exploitation. Um, it's human trafficking, modern slavery, unfortunately, is alive and well in 21st century Scotland. Absolutely. Very. Again, this is one of those points that make me think about, make you stop and think, because you mentioned there, every local authority in Scotland, there's 32 of them, and they've had victims rescued in every local authority, and uh, uh, there's no getting away from that. So it's happening uh, in our areas, in, in our streets potentially, in our, in our cities, in our towns. And it's not just, um, I suppose as well, another thing I would always be kind of aware of is that the, the discussions in the past that uh, I've been involved in focused in on certain business sectors, nail bars and car washes. But as I got more knowledgeable and did more um, investigation, reading, getting more involved in what's happening in Scotland, it's not just those industries, is it? Well, it's, you know, can you give us an example of, of where and how it's happening? And what's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we've picked up a, a couple of inquiries very, very recently um, from um, rural locations in Scotland without going into the detail of where that might be. But a couple of uh, inquiries recently in in relation to labour exploitation in rural parts of Scotland where people who are foreign nationals have been treated particularly badly. 
and those inquiries are progressing right now. And, you know, we've, we've seen that on a, a number of occasions, particularly during the lockdown period, where, you know, a big concern was that those traditional businesses that you talked about had been closed and there would be a diversification of interest into other business areas, predominantly yeah. because it was a rising uh, it was a rising business area at the time around food production, food distribution, so deliveries and or agriculture, fishing, mm-hmm. um, areas areas like that. So, you know, during that lockdown period, I, again, for, for us and for my team, uh, the wheels didn't stop turning. Um, we were looking at opportunities to try and make that make that connection and, and to try and infiltrate before the organised crime groups could to where in the supply chain we could we could make a, a, a real difference, I suppose. So we looked yeah. at specifically the agricultural sector and the fishing sector, and we launched Operation Perceptive. It ran in, um, over the pandemic period. Um, and we were visiting businesses across Scotland, um, talking to business owners, uh, managers about their supply chain and how they would would uh, hire new labour um, because that was where we we kind of envisaged and where we thought that um, the organised crime groups could could step in at yeah. the point where that that labour hiring was subcontracted almost uh, and was dealt with by a third party and that was our our, our biggest concern. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't play out the way we thought it may. Whether that's because we got in very early. Um, or because we have ethical businesses, we do. A lot of the business owners were, you know, shocked and horrified at some of the some of the, you know, the, the examples we were giving them. Um, and you know, nobody wants to be associated with the the, the modern slavery and effect of of people in Scotland. And this, what you mentioned there, kind of rings in my head because you talked about labour supply and you talked about um, uh, that because. It, I, my day job is working for a, a recruitment business, Bright Working Staffline. And to me, uh, initially where I got involved in this is because I could see that organised crime can target a recruitment business that has maybe weak processes in place. And you mentioned that about organised crime. Have you seen um, in your experience that um, the criminality behind it look for where there's weak points in a supply chain and then they can just try and exploit that? Absolutely. Uh, organised crime groups are... A pretty simplistic business model. It's about making money for them. It depends what the commodity is, you know, whether that's drugs, guns, human beings. It's all about making money. So their prime motivation is to look for opportunities to diversify their interests. Again, a simple business model. So if the drug supply dries up from South America, then do they diversify into to human trafficking? Yeah, we've seen that crossover. The same people who are involved in smuggling drugs, um, guns across Europe are the same people who are involved in smuggling people or facilitating human trafficking. It's it's a simple diversification in the commodity that they're dealing with. And when it comes to uh, business vulnerabilities, of course they are. It's your cyber hacker type example where they will look for vulnerabilities in the system to try and infiltrate that system. The same goes for supply chains around uh, people to try and infiltrate that system and to make money. And that's the scary part. I mean, I, and I'm talking now as somebody um, a number of years ago who didn't have a clue about this. And I, I, 
I knew about historic slavery. I didn't realise that modern slavery existed. I grew up in Glasgow um, with the monuments and the remembrance of slavery. You know, it's all around us in the city. And, but I didn't realise it. And then it just hit me like a steam train. And I thought, we need to do something about this, hence why this, this grouping has been set up, Scotland Needs Modern Slavery. And I think as we get businesses involved and get organised, we are, what we're planning and doing is setting up what's called a corporate group um, that will work with the Scottish Government and help disseminate information from the government with regards to this, um, this, this problem and actually feedback to the Scottish Government about how it affects businesses. So what we're looking to do is attract and get business involved, have some ambassadors and those businesses that can, that can beat the drum of this cause and this problem. What would you say, Phil, is that, you know, what do businesses, what do you need, what do businesses need to be doing? What do they, what's, where do they start if they don't have a clue, like I was a number of years ago? What do we do? I think a lot of, uh, a lot of businesses have got um, trafficking policies or human trafficking policies and have signed up to that. They nail their colours to the mast about being ethical, about looking at their supply chains, about looking at third-party suppliers and ensuring that um, they are ethical suppliers, that they can provide that reassurance that nobody anywhere along the supply chain is is being exploited. I mean, some, some big multinationals are involved. Uh, you know, I use Hilton as an example because I'd spoken to security managers at Hilton recently um, and, you know, they, they've got a very clear and defined policy on that, and that's Hilton worldwide. Yeah. Um, so in all aspects of their, their business, they're, they're looking specific, specifically at human trafficking, modern slavery. So I think from a policing perspective, again, kind of jumping back just a little bit, we, we always talk about uh, divert, deter, disrupt, and detect. The kind of four Ds around serious and organized crime. So, you know, the disrupt, Detect part is very much my bag. That's what, what I do. That's what Police Scotland do. That's what my team do. Um, but businesses can feed into that in terms of disruption as well. So, you know, that information that might come across somebody's desk around a particular recruitment company, for example, a particular gang master, a particular um, delivery company, there's an easy way to feed that in. That might be that small piece that we were looking for that, that fits in the big picture, that, that makes the big picture from that puzzle. In addition, it's that, it's that, uh, that deter aspect where organized crime groups know they can't go to certain businesses or certain sectors because it's a closed shop. There is no way in there. Um, and, you know, it's about that education, I suppose, that, that education of, businesses, business leaders, that this is a very real issue. This is not um, something that's happening somewhere else. It's a very real issue and it's happening here right now, really to, to, to have that corporate buy-in as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it comes from the top, doesn't it? When you're talking like what you're talking about here, the corporate buy-in has to come from the top of the organisation. Uh, yeah, very much so. I think, you know, it's got, to, it's got to flow right the way through the organization. And that always starts at the top, you know, that, that cultural shift to, to realize that actually we should be doing something about this. We have a responsibility. We have an ethical responsibility uh, to ensure that this isn't happening on our watch, in our business, in our premises. Um, because, you know, that's not a good news story for businesses. And actually, that's right. That's uh, the way I, the, the, the two areas that, are, that the 
when I look at human trafficking, modern slavery, labor exploitation, there's two, two key areas. Is it's the, first of all, primarily the product is the human misery it's causing. These are human beings on our, in our country that it's affecting. And then the secondary impact of this is brand and reputational damage, which Absolutely. you just can't get away from. And if, you're in, if a business has a supply chain, a long elongated supply chain domestically or globally, they have to be so thorough to make sure that this doesn't happen. There's news, news stories regularly about what goes on, and the brand damage basically means that, Bill, you and I, we will stop shopping at those, those shops or buy that product. That's the reality, I think, Shan, um, for, for consumers. Everybody wants to be an ethical consumer. I know I do. I know I try and instill those values into my children around recycling and, and, and being ethical. Um, you know, there was very recent news reporting uh, on the BBC just this week in relation to supply chains emanating in India around exploitation of workers there to produce garments for some pretty big names with, without me mentioning those names. I'm sure you can, uh, you can have a look at the BBC site yourself. Yeah. Um, but some pretty big names and some very, very big designer brands. Now, uh, again, I, I'm no marketing manager However, I, I know brand reputation is a big deal. It's everything to some of these companies, and that certainly does the PR absolutely no good at all. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it. I've seen it happen myself, and I think uh, as awareness rises or awareness is being raised, I think business will become a little bit more savvy to that. Help those that need help around them, primarily, and secondly, protect your brand and your reputation. Really, really important. And, I've been involved quite heavily in the, in the spot and the signs of labor, labor exploitation and, and through our business, the business that I work for, and we're very, very clear on that, and we, we are very clued up on what those signs are, and, and, um, and all of our staff are trained on that. We, and I see that being a little bit of a, a gap, and there's many organizations in Scotland, many, many different organizations that can help and support that are actually part of Scotland Against Modern Slavery that can help train, develop, and uh, train your first link first-line managers, supervisors, on what those signs are. Yeah. From a policing perspective, what are you looking for as an officer? If you're on and you, and you see somebody, what's, it, what's, what's the signs of somebody who's been exploited? I think it depends what the situation is. If you're talking specifically about labour exploitation, um, I, I think it's probably the conditions in which they're working, uh, the kind of hours that they're working as well, uh, whether they actually speak English as their first language, whether... Um, they are engaging directly with the employer or it's being done for them on behalf, uh, on, on behalf of them uh, by a third party, one person speaking for a crowd. Um, they are the kind of usual alarm signs whereby something is, is probably not quite right here. There might be a legitimate uh, explanation for it, but it's probably a good opportunity for us to intervene um, at that point to do some initial investigation to find out what's going on there. Okay, fine. I get, and the see from a policing perspective, you're looking at from a different angle, aren't you? And what we look at is what we call the, the, the red flag spotting the signs of um, people are being exploited for labour. They could be dishevelled, they've not washed, they're consistent injuries that they're coming into work with injuries. They're being yeah. dropped off and picked up by the same person um, in a car, but that person in the car doesn't actually work in the factory on the site. Um, yeah. Rumours, chit-chat, maybe they don't um, integrate with people of their own nationality as well on that site. There's a whole ream. Um, and one of the important things for us as well is that we look at 
control of information, financial information, if, you know, sharing bank accounts, sharing phone numbers, um, yeah. somebody not holding their own passport, um, somebody's doing a talking for them, which can be quite common if there's translation involved, is looking at all these signs and building that picture. Now, people want to do something. I think, you know, they'll watch this, they'll, they've seen, read the stories, and people will. I, I find that as an individual, I wanted to do, had to do something. You're living and breathing it, Phil. You know, that's your job, which is great. Uh, but it's not mine. It's not thousands and thousands of people in Scotland. What can people do to, to, to help or support or be aware? What, what would you say the best thing is to do? I think it's probably be informed, Sean. Um, there's loads of information out there, as you pointed out. You know, the Know the Signs um, initiative developed by the Scottish Government. There are reams of web pages out there that talk about modern slavery and human trafficking. Police Scotland webpage, there's loads of information on there in relation to spotting the signs. And I would always say that, that what, what we tend to find with, with victims of, or potential victims of trafficking, it's, it's hiding in plain sight. It might be that flat next door to you that's busy with coming and goings uh, at all times of the day or night. It, it might be that women are leaving that flat, but they're always escorted by the same man down to the local corner shop and then escorted back again, and they're never really out on their own. It might very well be the transit van turning up at four o'clock in the morning and, and 10, 10 people getting into the back of that, and that transit van doesn't turn up again until 10 o'clock at night. You know, it's these kind of things, these recognising that, that this is happening in plain sight, um, and if you have concerns, you can contact us, of course, um, on 101, the generic number. If it is a, an emergency, absolutely on 999. However, you can report anonymously via Crime Stoppers and via the Modern Slavery Helpline. Um, you can go online, easily find the Modern Slavery, Slavery Helpline. We get lots of referrals coming through the Modern Slavery Helpline where people feel that, that well, perhaps I don't want to go to the police. It will go to the Modern Slavery Helpline and a, a report will be generated for us to, to look at in more detail. Now, that might just be that little snippet of intelligence that we need to blow things wide open, to build upon an inquiry, to add to what we already have, because we may be looking at that particular premises, that particular flat, that particular individual, and that might just be that little snippet of information that pushes it over the line. So I would encourage anybody, if they have concerns, by all means, report them. If not to us, anonymously to Crime Stoppers or via the Modern Slavery Helpline. Fantastic. Phil Capaldi, you've been a wonderful guest and uh, delighted to have you on. Um, you've given me a lot of insight and I'm sure many people listening and watching will have a little bit more insight. If anybody would like to learn more, follow the, follow the channel for more, um, more podcasts that are coming. Again, Phil has talked about the websites that are out there, the National Slavery Helpline website as well. It's full of information that people can pick up on this matter. Okay, Phil Capaldi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks, okay. Sean. It's Cheers been a now. pleasure. Thanks, Cheers. Bye-bye.